0: Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Point. We've become the source for authenticity and exactitude here in Southeast Pennsylvania and the Delaware Valley on this station. Why? Because you've all identified our show and this station as a guidepost for all truth seekers everywhere, folks. And we appreciate you being with us every Saturday morning right here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL. Folks, the point is is the show of of factualism, and we'll we'll be moving very quickly today, folks. We're gonna be we got a lot to cover. This is the show leading up to the election, so yeah, a lot going on, but there's a lot to cover, and we're gonna be moving very seamlessly, very quickly at the speed of sound. So we'll be transitioning from topic to topic, and we are confident that our listeners can keep up and stay with us through all of this. And thank you for being with us. So we'll jump right into it. Uh, we've all heard of Newton's laws, of Newton's law of physics, Newton's law of physics, the third law of motion. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Well, we're going to coin a new phrase here on our show. It's going to be called the, the third point of law of political physics. I think that's interesting because what we're seeing here is we're seeing the The third point of law, political physics, coming into play here, coming into play. What I'm going to call it is that every evil plan of trickery to obtain power, there's going to be an equal and opposite reaction and, of course, consequences. And and what we're seeing, I think, with this COVID lockdown, what's interesting is the Democrats and the Democrat states have pinned up, penned up. Our economies. They've shut down our, our economical machine, if you will. They've they've put people out of work. They've they've stalled on on, on economic stimuluses, if you will, or relief packages, if you will. They've stalled in the Congress on this. They've done everything they can to inflict pain on the public. Okay. And of course the Democrat mayors with their uh you know 25% and or 50% uh seating capacity for restaurants or or drinking establishments or whatever they are any business that's out there has got restrictions you got the social distancing happening uh we've got the contact tracing we've got people in some of these states that are actually calling the state when they don't see social distancing in certain businesses i mean all this is happening folks in democrat run states but what's interesting is the misery that they've imposed on the public okay the 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 crash and burn scenario, if you will, on these people, what what's happening, is the trap that they've laid, they've laid this trap for Trump. They thought this was going to take Trump out. They really did. I mean, I can remember the faces of these people and the and the words from the fake experts on the propaganda every day back in March and April as they were wish casting complete economic collapse, gloom and doom as as Bill Murray had said, we need a recession. I, we're going to have to have one to take this president out. They've done everything they could to bring about an economic collapse in these Democrat cities. I mean, literally, they've 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 gone as far as to not even let the kids back to school uh, in, in some of these states. And they've scared the public. I mean, they have literally com- convinced people that uh, we cannot live with this virus and we're going to catch it and get really sick or whatever. They got people terrified of it they don't get into the facts. The facts being that, you know, that less than 1% of the people get it, end up in the hospital and and end up dying from it, or some very low percentage. Most people that will ever get it will survive it. And many people end up with it, won't even know they have it. Uh, they, they, They just kind of play this fear game. They try to suppress people from going out in the public well, they're trying to get people from going to vote and they wanted to create this chaos on election day with the COVID, you know, the, the fear of COVID, you know, and so they said, get your ballots, mail in your ballots. They've created this chaos. You know, the prince of darkness, the father of chaos, helped these profane, evil people produce this chaos. And literally, I mean, they're they're out there today trying to convince people, That we're going into a very dark, dreary winter. I mean, Joe Biden said it in the second debate that we're going into a very cold, dark winter. Uh, You know, I mean, completely contrasting his message from Donald Trump's morning in America again. It's morning time in America and the sun is rising. We're going to get we're going to get past this virus. I mean, it's just a contrasting of messages. And what's really interesting is the American public isn't buying it. So the trap that they've laid for Trump, the trap that they put out there to to cause Trump to stumble, okay, uh, to take him out, if you will, politically, because they've tried everything. I mean, they tried they tried the the fake and the 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 fake Russian collusion scandal by getting the by creating phony documents and and, and inserting spies and in, political spies, I should say spies into his political campaign and in his cabinet, leaking leaking information out to the to the uh, to the media to create stories without substance. I mean, all of this is going on, all this subterfuge going on around the president every day. And he's working up he like he's working upstream every day, like the salmon working upstream every day. And he just, it's unbelievable what he's going through every day, working against the current, constantly working against the current. But with his Samson-like strength and his supernatural abilities that only God can give him, he's been able to overcome this, and he's standing for America. Folks, he's not doing this for the money. He's not doing this for the power, and we all know this. We all know he's doing this to protect this country, to bring us back to where we once were economically and militarily, because that is the counterbalance in the world. A strong America, it preserves the world, it protects the world, if you will, from the tyranny of socialism and and, and, and communism. Uh, Trump's working towards that. So this trap that they've laid out, this, this COVID snare, not only did Donald Trump Sidestep it and survive it. They fell into the to the trap themselves, and they've become ensnared in it. The fear that they've promoted in the people, the fear that they've cultivated in the population, is keeping these people from wanting to go vote in person. So they've all requested mail-in ballots. In Pennsylvania, for instance, there was like a I don't know, million and like million and, and and a half Democrats requested ballots or some. Large number, like a million, three or four Democrats, and there, and and a bunch of Republicans. But the key I'm pointing to on all of this is three quarters of a million Democrats have failed to return their ballots thus far. Now it could mean that they're going to vote in person. I mean, we do know that 400,000 Republicans have failed to return their ballots so far, but three quarters of a million is 350,000 more than 400,000. Okay, so. The Democrats, I think, are in the tank already with 350,000 people, voters, that haven't returned their ballots. And so now the only way they can vote, unless they get the ballot in and mail it, is to take the ballot with them to the uh, to, to the precinct and take it to the to, the people that work there and have them spoil the ballot so it cannot be reused, and then they can go vote. Otherwise, they're voting with provisional ballots, which really can become a nightmare for them because provisional ballots have to meet other criteria or they just won't count. And so there's a lot at stake here. And the Democrats have trusted their their election, if you will, their defeat of Trump. They put it in in the trusted hands of their horse with a heart condition, Joe Biden. And uh, Joe Biden's out there now. Uh, you know he he's their horse with a heart condition he's their he's their completely incompetent le- leader of the pack and then of course in, in addition to that they're they' they've got the horrible message they're not convincing anyone of but what's in addition to all of that is they've got to tell people how to use these ballots. I mean it's like they're trusting the mail system, the imperfect mail system with their ballots. I mean, look, folks, I I had I had a reporter from the Philadelphia Inquirer I chatted with once or a few months ago. And she asked me, she said, so tell me what you thought on on the mail-in ballots. I said, well, in Pennsylvania, we have an absentee system. She goes, well, there's there's no difference. is there?" I said, well, yeah, there's a difference. The only ballots that can get mailed out in Pennsylvania are requested via the absentee process. Someone has to request the ballot. Then the requ- then the ballot has to be filled out. It has to be processed correctly. There's a process and procedure. It has to go into a secrecy envelope. It's got to go into a different envelope, an over-envelope. It's got to be signed on the back of the envelope. The envelope's got to have a postmark on it. You can't use pencil or red pen or green pen. It's got to be black pen. So there's all these criteria that's there and, you know, all these all these moving parts, all these hitches in the program, if you will, And in addition to that, you've got an imperfect mail system. So, I mean, literally, they're looking at, I'd say, a lot of ballots, maybe as many as 100 or 200,000 of them that just won't even get to vote because their ballots won't count or they won't get them in. They can't find them in the House. They can't find the ballot. They misplaced it. They go to vote that day and they can't find it. They filed it somewhere and they just can't remember where they filed it. I mean, all these problems that come up, with the mail-in system is unbelievable. The Democrats are falling into this trap themselves, folks. And that's delicious. That's delicious. That's my point. They're falling into this. And, you know, of course, we're seeing it now. We're seeing it as, again, the third point of of, of law, if you will, The, the third point of law of political physics, because the Opposite and the opposite reaction, the opposite consequence is now they're going to be losing ballots because they're promoting this this imperfect mail system uh, to 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 handle their 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 ballots. And what we're seeing as well in this in the stories, I think what's really interesting is they've they've gone after Trump with this COVID nonsense, trying to say that Trump handled it poorly and, you know, blah, blah. And if it wasn't for Trump, we wouldn't have COVID or whatever they're trying to claim. I really don't know. They've, they've got these fake commercials out there with these, these, these Democrat operatives pretending to be so-and-so doctor or so-and-so nurse out there declaring that Biden has completely, I should say Trump has completely uh, uh, messed up the, the the response here, whatever they're claiming. People aren't buying it. You see, folks, the problem is, the Democrats are up against is that the public is no longer hypnotized. They're snapping out of their, their hypnotic state. They're snapping out just in time for the election. They're starting to see the truth. They're starting to see that those aren't five fingers. There are only four fingers there. They're realizing that this virus is something that we've lived with for the last eight months or possibly a year. And they understand that, my goodness, I can't keep myself from getting sick I mean, I can take precautions, but after all if it's going to happen, I mean, I, you know, I, as long as we've got what we need in the hospitals to to treat me, you know, they, they just don't have the same level of fear. Now, there, there are people that do, and I, I can tell you I know some of them, but but I will suggest to you that the fear levels have dropped off tremendously, and people – uh, just aren't as afraid as they once were. And they're not blaming Trump for this. No one's blaming Trump for it. I think what's interesting on all of that is Trump's daily press conferences, his daily press briefings on all of this, I think, kept him out in front of it. But whatever the case is, I think the, uh, the Rasmussen Report, I thought, was a beautiful poll that just came out recently. First off, Rasmussen Reports has Trump, they, they do a daily tracking poll. I've been watching this now for quite some time. They're tracking poll, and they compare Trump and his daily approval numbers, daily, you know, day-to-day-to-day approval numbers, and they compare it to the same date back in 2012 when Barack Hussein Obama's approval numbers. And there's a comparison there. So uh, the magic number is 50, and I think what's interesting in all of this is that Trump has only failed to stay or remain over the 50 percent approval line in this tracking poll but a handful of days in the month of October. And obviously we're in the month of October. So, I mean, the bottom line is people are are, or we just got out of the month of October and and Trump has been sitting at or above 50 percent. I believe he's at 52 or 53 percent. I mean, he's hovering over there on these numbers and now the national numbers are reflecting this because the battleground state polls show Trump ahead and I've been telling my wife I said how can the battleground state polls have him ahead but the national polls have him down by 4 or 5 points well it's because that's the lagging indicator is the national poll and again I'm presuming that these are accurate polls because Rasmussen of course was correct in 2016 along with Trafalgar they were both correct in their polling and their predictions from their polling predicting Donald Trump would win particular states and obviously win the presidency. It was the fake polls that got it wrong. And it's the fake polls that are out there on all the television networks every day. It's the fake polls that are out there on every network, every fake propaganda network out there every day. They're not touting the polls that got it right. They're out there touting the polls that got it wrong, folks. This is what's, this is what, is unbelievable to me. Okay, is that these these people aren't trying to get the story right, nor are they trying to produce polls that get it right. They are trying to suppress the turnout and excitement of Donald Trump. And what's interesting is Donald Trump uh, last week was in uh, was in the Allentown area, and uh, he'll be in Berks uh, this weekend. Uh, But, uh, you know, he was in Allentown and Harrisburg, uh, I should say, uh, Lancaster last, last week. And he had at two events in the freezing rain on Monday, he had at two events, more people attend those two events in the freezing rain, waiting hours to see him, hours in line, sitting on wet bleachers in the cold with ponchos on. I mean, just dreary, damp, nasty weather. And they were doing this. There were more people that did this. More attendees attended these two Trump rallies than the the total number of people living in the town of Pottstown. I mean, we had the population of a small city that attended these two events, folks. This is not what happens to crowd to to, uh, you know, traffic jams. Uh, at 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 rallies and and of course political rallies, traffic jams at political rallies, nor massive turnouts at political rallies, occur on people that come in second place. You know, they they occur on people that come in first place. So anyway, lead indicators are out there now. We've got the national poll showing showing Trump ahead going into this weekend, which is so key. Uh, Biden is down. And what's interesting is where Biden is campaigning. I thought that was interesting as well. I think Biden knows he can't do anything to stop this Trump train. So Biden's out there doing what he can to what he's able to do, which is talk from his basement, uh, maybe go to Chester, Pennsylvania, which is about, oh, 15 miles from his house. Uh, You know, then he goes to the warm climates. He doesn't want to attend rainy events or cold events. He goes to warm climates as best he can. I mean, he's just doing what he can to show that he's trying to make an effort uh, because he knows and understands losing this election, he'll be getting, and his party will get, and these party leaders will get a whole a whole list, if you will, of complaints from the public. And they're, I mean, obviously, going to lose a lot of confidence. They are single-handedly destroying the Democrat Party. It's happening in front of your very eyes. And I think they're going to lose. I think personally, I think they're going to, I mean, recent polling shows that we're likely to win in Arizona and in North Carolina, the Senate seat, uh, which means now I'm very confident we're going to pick up and we're going to see next week. We're going to pick up probably between two to three seats in the Senate. I, I, I predicted one to three seats, but now I think it might be two to three seats in the Senate I also believe we'll pick up between 30 to 40 seats in the House. I think it'll be closer to 40 than 30 now. I think we're seeing a red wave that is going to trounce these Democrats. I think their only possible way they can preserve some of their seats is through the voter fraud in states like New York and, and in California and in New Jersey, where they have ballots that were mailed to houses without being solicited. Now, what does that mean, folks? I'll break that down. I've done that before on this show um, our weekly listeners will remember I break this down pre- pretty frequently. So please bear with me, I ask you, as I explain this to those that may have tuned in just for the first time. Uh, what happens is on the mail-in system is that we have ballots that are being mailed to addresses where there's registered voters at the address the problem is when you have addresses that have had multiple people living there over the past 10 or 20 years multiple families different families so the 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 family currently living in that address may get five or six or 10 ballots depending on how many people lived in that address because these people remain on the voting rolls see the mail in system really in theory would work if they kept the voting rolls cleared but they don't so the theory's out the window, and the facts remain, and you have to have a system where they request a ballot. So when you're mailing ballots to everybody and everywhere, there's going to be a lot of ballots out there, and there's going to be a lot of potential for ballots to be rounded up by, 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 uh, by, by bad people, people that want to cheat, and they'll pick these ballots up, and they'll turn them over, and they may sell them to somebody who knows what they'll do, and they'll process a whole bunch of phony ballots. I mean, this is what they do to steal elections in some of these mail-in states. Now, states that have mail-in systems that don't have that kind of problem, you know, have a controlled mail system. But whatever the case is, don't miss this. So you're going to see some of these Democrats survive their elections because of fraud. But make no mistake, uh, they're not going to win a nationalized ballot. Uh, They're just not going to win a national ballot. Trump's going to win this election. He's going to win in a red wave in spite of their best efforts to thwart his campaign. And, folks, I don't want to miss that. I mean, uh, I mean, what, getting back to the poll from Asmussen, I think it was just compelling. Uh, you know, on um, one day last week, I, b- I believe it was uh, I think it was uh, yes, I think it was Tuesday of this past week. Trump was sitting at uh, I think he was like uh, down 49 to 47 percent or something like that to Biden. He was down like two points. Well, Biden's come down and Trump's gone up and now Trump's sitting at 48 points. But I think there's, there's a spread on this. It's going to keep growing. And I don't want to miss that. They, this poll shows that Trump is doing very well among Republicans. I, I'm really curious. On the, they, they show him at 81 percent among Republicans. I think that's low. I think he's really sitting at about 90 plus percent. But whatever the case is, uh, they're also showing Biden low with Democrats at 79 percent, uh, which probably is close to right on that i think they're where they're missing it is on a republican support i don't get that i don't know how they could get but whatever the case is but what i thought was into what i thought was intriguing on this was the level of independence and uh i think that's that's pretty intriguing as well because of the unaffiliated vo- voters trump actually has a lead now with the unaffiliated voters so that's where he's winning this election um uh, I think, and when and you, and you look at the early voting, and again, you look at what's going on in the early voting. Okay, what we're seeing in Michigan's in Michigan, Republicans make up forty-one percent of the early vote compared to the Democrats' thirty-nine percent. Now, just so we're clear, that's both well, very bad for for the Democrats because the Democrats not only did they expect to get have an additional fifteen or twenty percent over and above the Republicans. They're actually under where they were in 2016. All these states, the Democrats are down to where they were in 2016, and Republicans are up. Now, again, I don't want to overly emphasize this as a lead indicator, because I'm not so sure it is a lead indicator, but I do believe that it does show the excitement of the party. If Republicans are voting in early voting, it could be because they just don't want to be, you know, with the COVID problem, they they just want to go vote early. But uh, whatever the case is, they're outpacing the Democrats and the polls. The reason I'm pointing this out, the reason I'm not so much calling a lead indicator, but the, the reason I'm so gleeful about this is because the polling that came out showed that the Republicans would would trail the Democrats in Michigan and trail the Democrats in Wisconsin and in Florida and in Iowa and in Georgia and everywhere in early voting. And that's not the case. So the, the, the polling has been contradicted. That's where I'm I'm at on this. Now, I mean, in Florida, the Democrats do lead 42 to 37 percent on the early votes. But, but make no mistake, this is nowhere near where they were at this time four years ago, the Democrats. So they're actually down and the Republicans are up in the early voting. And that's a scary thing for the for the D's because Republicans are going to come out strong on Election Day. Now, in Iowa, what's interesting is that the Democrat early voting is outpacing the Ds 49 to 37 percent. You say, oh, they're down 17 points. It might sound like a lot, folks. But in 2016, they were down by almost 25 points. Okay? The, the Democrats clearly outpaced the Republicans in early voting in Iowa four years ago. And this year, it's not quite there. So you're seeing a groundswell of Republicans and a smaller amount of Democrats. I think the Democrats are not happy with their ticket. I think the Democrats are not thrilled about Joe Biden and the socialists. And I think a lot of them aren't voting. If this is a harbinger of anything, I think this is a harbinger of the way the party might turn out. I think this is a harbinger because they're down to early voting numbers. The Republicans are up to early voting numbers. They're, they have more early voters now than they've ever had, and the Democrats cannot say that. The Democrats can't say they have more early votes now than they've ever had, but the Republicans can say that. So you see the clear enthusiasm. You, clear, you see the clear, distinct advantage the Republicans have, and I think that this may be a harbinger. Of where the Democrats can expect their turnout to be on election day, down to four years ago again. I think the Republicans are gonna turn out in record numbers and I think they're gonna elect this president. And I think Hillary Clinton knew it, okay? I think it was interesting on that because Hillary Clinton made a comment. uh, It was in another article I thought came out. I read read it on Breitbart, but let me pull it out here. Bear with me, folks. Yeah, Hillary Clinton, she said, sick to my stomach was the article. Over possible Trump re-election, so she's out there declaring now that she will be. She can't even entertain the idea of Trump winning. It just it. She just wants to preface all of that by saying it's going to make her sick to her stomach, folks. She's expecting it. She sees this movie played out again. Thanks to Breitbart for bringing that story up, but I mean that's the truth of it. And 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 so when you're looking at the polling, you can see in the early voting, that the Republicans just hold a very strong advantage. And that's why they do. There's a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of excitement. You see, folks, when you look at what it is the the Democrats are trying to sell, okay, and you look at what they've just put this country through, let's look at what it is they just put this country through. Let's look at what it is that I feel here on The Point, as I distinctly bring this out to you and break this down for you, Uh, I want I want our listeners to understand what I believe is what it is that is sinking the Democrats in this cycle. I mean, the Democrats wrecked our economy with lockdowns. They scared voters into using the mail system. And again, they are the same people who tell you to wear a mask while you jog or cut grass or drive your car or standing alone on the beach or whatever. They continue to insult common sense and science. That's what they're doing, folks. They tell voters to disregard the confidence that these people may have because they've lived with this virus for the last eight months to a year, however long we've had it. So people actually have confidence that maybe I could survive this thing and they start losing fear. And when these people start losing fear, okay, they're becoming shamed, okay, they're becoming shamed by the virtue signaling mask wearers, if you will, the virtue signaling of people who want to perpetuate the fear. So they become, because they become shamed. I mean, that's where I see this. And it's an amazing thing. I mean, what you're seeing is, a, I think, a level of obedience training, if you will, with the public wearing masks for the promise of safety. I, I don't know. But for this totalitarian system to actually work, They need to have the fear instilled and perpetuated. And they also need people to cooperate and snitch on each other. They need people to lose loyalty to themselves and to each other in lieu of their loyalty to the state. This is what has to happen. And this is what they're trying to perpetuate. And this is scaring the public. You're wondering why the public is out there now voting against Biden. I mean, this is what I'm seeing. It's a really hard sell, folks, to make a case for any policy, let alone bad policy. I mean, if you've got really good policy and you've got a horrible candidate, but if you have a lot of money and you have the media, you can make that work. Maybe, okay? But when you have horrible policy ideas and a horrible candidate, even with the media and a lot of money, it's going to be hard to make that sell. And that's what the Democrats are running into right now. You see, the Democrats are running into trying to sell their idea of eliminating ICE and, and, and reconfiguring the police departments. I mean, the Democrats are trying to sell the notion that they think China should be great again. I mean, it's they're trying to sell the notion That a a strong China is good for this country. They want to continue with favored nation status for China. They have to try to sell that to the public. People don't want to buy it. And as far as border security, as Trump likes to say, there's two things that will never become obsolete, the wheel and a wall. Folks, they want to get rid of the border walls, the over 400 miles of border wall that Trump has built on the border. They want to get rid of it. And as far as sanctuary cities... They want to continue on with sanctuary cities. Now, what does that mean? That means that when someone is arrested, an illegal illegal immigrant who came over illegally is arrested for committing a crime, a crime like, well, whatever it is, armed robbery or shoplifting, doesn't matter, rape or, you know, or whatever it is. Okay. doesn't matter. Any crime. ICE issues a, a detainer for these people. To be held by local law enforcement. But the sanctuary cities do not honor those detainers. So they let these people go. There's a a transition period from when the local law enforcement basically finishes the processing of this person. And where ICE's detainer has to take hold. And so honoring the detainer means they hold the guy for a few days longer because ice has a detainer they're not going to honor the detainer then they just say well you can get like get, get, they let him go and then they tell ice sorry we uh we didn't honor your detainer you can pick him up uh he's somewhere over there in north philly go find him and no no kidding folks that's what that's what sanctuary cities do they enable people to they enable these mayors they enable these tyrant leaders that run these states and these cities they enable them to perpetuate the disorder crimes, to perpetuate lawlessness, to perpetuate the, the, you know, the problems that go on in these cities, to perpetuate law breaking by keeping people in these cities that are lawbreakers and that should be de- deported because they're illegal immigrants. That is what a sanctuary city is. So, sanctuary cities, by definition, are not safer places for suburban moms. And they're having trouble selling this, okay? And I think a lot of the riots and looting that take place in these cities by these anarchist and America groups is also unsettling to suburban moms. They're just not connecting with them, they're not winning voters over. It's hard to win over voters with sanctuary cities and open borders when these people want safety and law and order. Okay. That's just a big deal. I mean, I would never have guessed that law and order would have been, been on the ballot this year. I think had it not been for some of the problems that, that the anarchist groups perpetuated and brought about this year, had these Democrats not did all this, had they not had these organizations not, Funded these anarchist groups, and had the Democrats not embraced them, and many of them marched with these people. They marched with these defund the police groups, folks. They marched with them. They even formed. We. They even formed um, organizations that they could be that could accept donations from the public to bail these arrested rioters out of jail. As a matter of fact, Biden's own staffers <laughs> raised money and donated money. To bail out the rioters that were arrested in minneapolis and 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 kamala harris uh made a plea on twitter for social media she made a plea for people to donate money to these anarchists uh to to these funds these organizations to, to, to bail out these anarchists they're having a hard time selling this to the public i mean why that's a good thing they got horrible policies they got horrible twisted notions of law and order folks Their notion of law and order is no law and order. I mean, that's what this is. There's no law and order for these people, okay? And in addition to that, we compound this, okay, by them wanting to outlaw private health care. That's another hard sell. You see, Obamacare was a bad plan and a bad idea. And they got caught talking about it to union groups. Like Obama got caught back in 2009 talking to the SCIU union as he stated that this is the beginning to outlawing private health care, getting rid of private health care altogether. I mean, he's saying this. They're not hiding all this. They're very, if you want to know what these Democrats want for this country, just listen to the words that are coming out of their mouth. And they'll t- they're telling us what they want to do. Okay. I mean, eliminate private health care for 180 million Americans. That's just, just a crazy notion. They want unrestricted abortions at any stage of the pregnancy, folks. That's also insanity. But they top that insanity with even more insanity. I mean, you feel like you're going into a rubber room here. They 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 want voting rights for felons. Where did that come from? I mean, that is insane. Where did that even come from? And how about this? They want to lower the voting age to 16. I mean, what where did that come from? Which one of these Democrats raised teenagers raise children that don't understand, that fail to see that a 16-year-old does not have to make very many hard decisions in their life. As a matter of fact, how many 16-year-olds have have the proper perspective of the world at that point? I mean, it's an amazing phenomenon, but when they try to explain, I I mean, they don't have an explanation for 16-year-olds voting. I, I don't see it. I've never heard it. I've never heard their argument other than trying to play up on how smart these young people are. And we need more young people and idealists voting. And and I mean, you think about it when, when you're an individual that's working and paying your bills every day and you're, you're living and you're taking care of your house and your family, and you're looking, you've got some 16 year old, you know, that wants, you know, whatever they're trying to pursue. I mean, you, you're wondering, thank goodness they don't vote. I mean, that's what I was on a school board. I can tell you right now, thank goodness high schoolers don't vote, folks. Okay, let me just tell you that. Thank goodness for that. But I think the idea is, and now we've gotten to the idea of of stacking the Supreme Court and, and the electoral college issues that the Democrats have. These are hard sells that they're making for the public and the Green New Deal. I mean, let alone the fact that promising to raise taxes. I mean, they're getting into the tax hikes. They want to raise your taxes. They want to raise, they want to raise your deductions they want to raise corporate taxes they want to they want to establish that's right create a new wealth tax. but you know when you look at what they're looking to do and, and all the promised punishments, everything they have in store for this country is a promised punishment and Biden did this when he signed a manifesto, a joint manifesto with Bernie Sanders a, a 110 page manifesto if you will, of of radical far left policies okay which include the green new deal i mean it includes things like retrofitting buildings with 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 new windows okay and that that's just something i don't want, i don't want i don't want listeners to miss this manifesto includes these these policies to to basically retrofit buildings to to get rid of gas cars all right, to get rid of it. And you say, well, Clay, that don't ever happen. Come on, the Democrats aren't doing it. They've done it in California, folks. Gavin Newsom just signed in the law in California, just so our listeners understand that I'm not producing hyperbole here. Governor Newsom just signed in the law, or an executive order, I should say, made an executive order basically saying that all gasoline motors, there would be no new car sales. After, the, after 2035 for gas motors. I mean, they're looking to get rid of gas engines, folks. They want to get rid of cars. When we, when you hear Trump say they want to get rid of cars, believe it. Gavin Newsom's already putting that together in California. That's their plan. I mean, look at California. They can't even keep the lights on. And now they want to punish people that live there 10 years from now or 15, 20 years from now with with transportation issues i mean i I mean this is breathtaking so they've signed this 110 page manifesto that was killed filled with job killing ideas okay and and this is what they're trying to sell to the public folks this is socialism and so when somebody's asking him about socialism he laughs at all i'm joe biden we didn't elect a socialist we elected me well folks joe biden signed a socialist manifesto with bernie sanders Joe Biden was also endorsed by the, by the founder of the Revolutionary Communist Party USA, Bob Avakian. He endorsed them. Don't miss this. These people are communistas. That's what they are, communistas. And I think the public sees it and it's, it's terrorizing people. But this Green New Deal is, is unbelievable. Eliminate fossil fuels, I mean, you know, gas powered motors. And I mean, literally, I mean, installing solar panels and windmills everywhere, and obviously having to import these solar panels in from China because we don't have them here. But notwithstanding any of that, I mean, talk to Australia. What what happened to Australia when they when they went into this? You know, Australia went down this road, and it really it, what happened was they ended up with cheap shoddy solar systems that fall apart within a few years. That's what they ended up with. So what happens is you end up with inefficient energy systems that you have to continually repair. I mean, that's what happened in Australia. We can learn from Australia's mistake folks. And when you look at the Paris agreement, the Paris agreement, basically not holding China to any kind of their, 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 their their policies, if you will, Look, America is the chief energy producer in the world. Okay, we lead the world in energy production. Trump brought that together, and they want to end it. Folks, that's a hard sell. And again, what's coming down the pike is they, they've tried to bring this in, and they just can't make it click. The public isn't buying it. That's why Hillary Clinton is suffering stomach problems. Because she sees what's going on. They can't sell their bad ideas. I mean, think about what's going to happen with this. I mean, the Hoover Institute actually put some thoughts together on the the Biden-Sanders manifesto. And they estimate it will lower household income by $6,500 in a few years. I mean, that's a lot of money, folks. That's a pay cut for Americans. You realize household median income under Donald Trump is up for the first time and like at the highest level ever, as in ever. OK. But also the Hoover Institute said that the the Biden-Sanders manifesto would create less consumption, about one point five trillion less consumption, they estimate. And it will reduce GDP by about $2.5 trillion, maybe more. 2.6, I think they said. Look, this is going to create an unemployment situation for millions of Americans. This is what they want. But don't worry, we'll feed them. We'll make sure they have cheap housing. After all, they're going to change the zoning rules to have neighborhoods be forced to take in Section 8 housing. Along with that housing comes the crime that lives in those houses. I mean, people move out of the crime riddled areas of our country to move to other areas that don't have crime. Okay, that's what what crime does is it forces a migration of the population. There's no crime infested area in this country that is actually expanding in population. None. I defy anyone to show me a city that has a growing crime problem that is growing in population as well. What happens in these cities is the crime pushes out the people who are able to pay taxes, who are working, that pushes out the jobs that are able to stay there to employ the community. It pushes out people, it pushes out jobs. And obviously by pushing that out, pushes up poverty and despair. Crime perpetuates a bigger problem in these cities, and these Democrats want to instill crime in these cities, but they want to perpetuate that and want to push it out into the, into the suburbs by taking over the zoning laws in these suburbs. So the people that fled the cities to flee the crime will now be forced into a situation now where they're going to have people coming into the area because of the low-income housing, people that are likely going to be unemployed and of course, with these become other problems. So, and then it, it's the it's the breeding ground for the start of a crime wave. That's what the Democrats are trying to do. The Democrats are trying to promote a breeding ground for a crime ray, a crime wave in the suburbs. That's what the Democrats are doing. They're trying to create uh, the ground. They're tilling the soil so they can lay out the seeds for a crime wave in our suburban areas by taking over the zoning laws. They can till that soil and they can lay out those seeds and water it and wait for the crime wave to start growing. That's what they want to do, folks. And that's not selling to the communities. That's not selling to our to our neighbors and our friends. That's not selling to suburban moms. It's just not happening. Don't miss that, folks. And this is what we're looking at. I, I you know, their 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 attempt is to create a sort of chaos and and disorder they're actually i mean they they want to get rid of cash bails that is not a winning idea folks i mean when lawbreakers are arrested they usually have to have someone vouch for them someone that has anything to put up bail and say well he'll turn back for his court date he'll return for his court date and he'll be good up to that point I vouch for him and I put up X amount of money. And some of these people put up things of value like jewelry or houses or anything. And so when you rel- when you get rid of cash bales, that's gone. So now people are just released on their own recognizance and bad people are not going to return. They're going to disappear into the fabric and you're going to have to root them out. This is what happens when you get rid of cash bails. It, it doesn't do anything. But perpetuate disorder in a crime wave, And of course, getting rid of disorder crimes, you know, things like public urination, things like shoplifting. they actually did in California, I believe it was in San Francisco, I heard. They actually had changed the shoplifting laws to say that unless they steal two thousand dollars or more, it was some it was some large amount that they would not prosecute shoplifting. Folks, that's amazing. Why would they do that? Why would they think that was good for business? Why would they think that was good for families? Why would they think that was good for law and order? Why do they think getting rid of cash bails is good for business, good for families, and good for law and order? Why do they think that? Because, folks, they don't think that. They know that what they're proposing is contrary to law and order. And Joe Biden is the Trojan horse for all of this he's the empty husk of a man that's going to house all these bad ideas and, and when he and if he was ever to try to <clears throat> ever to try to get, get a, a you know elected if he was ever made that possible and get elected he would be that Trojan horse here comes all these people and all these bad ideas and they would ram it down the throats of America folks that's what they're doing that's where they're going with this and but of course, America seeing through it. And, and again, I say this because Trump has, and I started the show out with this, Trump has Samson like strength. Trump has an unnatural ability that could only come from God. You have to understand he is able to overcome this media, this media suppression. I mean, every channel out there puts out the fake phony polls. Nobody talks about the real ones. Nobody but us here on our show here. And you do hear it on Fox here and there. And I think Russia has them on his shows. I mean, you, you, other talk shows have them on, but make, make no mistake other than the ones that are talking about it over here on the, on in, in the conservative end, the mainstream media, the fake news is not talking about this. They're always talking about the phony polls. That's all they ever put out. I mean, I, this is what's happening. So the public sees this now, but to overcome this, to, to 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 make a difference and to overcome it, folks, that's something that only someone touched by God could ever be able to do. And Trump's doing it. He's doing it. He's crisscrossing the country with these, you know, with these rallies. He's doing multiple rallies every day. Biden is not answering questions on his corruption. The laptop. What's interesting is the question that wasn't asked on 60 Minutes. I, I mean, there's a lot of questions I could pose on this, but the one that really sticks in my mind, Nora O'Donnell failed to ask. Okay, when she's always she asked him about the the, the laptop. She said, "Is the laptop with all that information on your son and the corruption is that Russian misinformation?" Now she—that's the question she asked, which is an open door for Biden to hit a tee shot. Yes, it is Russian misinformation That's all phony, fake stuff It basically gave Biden an out In which to answer that question With, you know, deniability All of it If Nora was actually to commit An act of journalism If she was to have done that She would have asked a question like this Mr. Biden, did your son Ever take a laptop Any computer, anywhere Into that computer shop At any time? And of course, another question she could have asked: Did your son take this laptop into that computer store? Is this receipt that I have a copy of? Is this your son's signature? Okay, there's questions she could have asked. She could have corroborated that story. She didn't try very hard, folks. She really didn't put much effort into it. And I think the public seen that. That was such a phony 60-minute interview. Anybody whose objective looked and said, "My goodness." I mean, she put no effort into that at all. Either that, or she's just a really horrible journalist, and she needs to be retired off into something else, whatever other talent she might have or whatever. But she does not have a uh, she does not have the ability to be a journalist because she quite frankly didn't know to ask that question, which I'm I'm amazed at. But what it does show, it shows America that the media is giving the Democrat Party and Joe Biden an in kind contribution. To protect him from these hard questions, they don't want Biden answering these questions. Biden doesn't want to answer these questions, and they're going to accommodate him by saying, "Don't worry, I'm going to ask you a question that's going to give you all the way to deny, all the ability to deny it." I'm going to ask the question: Is this Russian misinformation? You can come right out and say it's all phony, fake, and phony and false and everything else. And you know how do you think Trump put him up to this, or the Russians got put up to this, or whatever? You can blame any, blame Putin, blame anybody. I'm going to set this up so you can push the blame on everybody else, and you don't have to assume any responsibility. And Joe said, "Great, thumb up, great, thank you very much." And uh, how should I file this on my, uh, my campaign? On my on my campaign uh, uh, paperwork. How should I file this on my on my campaign paperwork? Should I file this as an in-kind contribution? Sort of like a you know like a like a billboard would be. I mean, folks, I mean, it's phony. But make no mistake, folks, we've been watching this for a long time. I've been watching this good versus evil takedown, an attack on God's creation. I mean, God's creation has been under attack for a long, long time. Okay. I mean, I think this virus was created by people who are profane people who are led by the father of confusion, the father of lies, the father of chaos. And they release this virus on the world to attack the economies of this world, to create the chaos and confusion. That's what I think happened. And I think that the evil one, the prince of darkness in this world, who's at war with the God of the universe, my God, you know, I mean, I I think that that, they put them put these people up to it, and they release this. And folks, they're attacking God's creation. This this country is God's blessing to the world. God's blessing to the downtrodden and the oppressed in the world. God has created this country. I believe He He helped found it. God inspired the founding of this country. I believe to provide a light for the for the oppressed throughout the world to give hope to people. I mean, hopelessness for people that are forced into well, into, into labor camps. I mean, you're seeing forced labor right now in China. You're seeing the Uyghurs, the Uyghur camps and the forced labor now and the textile mills in China. They bring these people in, make them work 14, 15 hour days. And they think they're being kind because they let them go home and sleep for nine hours before they come back to work. I mean, these people have no time to themselves. They have no time for anything. And they're forced to do a job that they don't like. I mean, Think about that. They're forced to do a job they don't like. I mean, regardless of all the other problems, you know, that go with it, you know, they don't get paid or they don't get paid anything or hardly anything. And they got to live in these conditions. They got to work in these conditions. They're being forced to do something by a government. That's the problem. They have no liberty. They have no freedom and liberty. Freedom and liberty are God's blessing to the oppressed and downtrodden. And This country is God's blessing to the world. That's the way I see it. That's the way Trump sees it. That's the way many freedom-loving people see it, all right? I, I don't think that the Constitution works for any country at all. There's no Constitution in any country anywhere which will ever stand up to people that have situational ethics. It'll never stand up because they're not worth the paper they're printed on, folks. If if people don't have an, an inherent belief in, in the God of the universe, if people are— believe if they're atheists or agnostic or even worse, profane. I mean, they're all they're evil people. They 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 make those they're inclined to do things that are evil. And so they will fight against the document that has that is God breathed because I again I, I believe it's a fight, it's a spiritual battle that we see. It's going on. And I I mean I, I just think that that our constitution represents god's inspiration to the founding fathers of this country and i think that there's an attack on it and the evil one attacks it through these profane people but whatever the case is folks that's the that's where i'm going with this and i think that trump is rescuing this country gods has brought him up and brought him up in the nick of time i mean look at big tech for crying out loud big tech and their suppression of facebook pages and twitter pages I mean, they're they're editing pages. They're, they're editing pages for conservative groups, but they're not editing pages for liberal groups, okay? I mean, they're, they're, the thing with social media is the people that edit the pages of social media is the social public. It's the people. When you start editing the pages that are on a platform, then you can no longer call it social media. So I think that they're going to see Well, I I do think that they're going to see some changes next year and the years to come because I believe Trump's going to win this election. I believe that the Republicans are going to grow in the Senate and they're going to take back the House and big tech is going to have to answer for all these, well, for all of this suppression that they've had for free speech, but also how they've attacked conservative groups and and the pages. I mean, I I mean, I I mean, I'm seeing this and I think that this country is going to witness I believe, lastly, I think this country is going to see a great awakening again towards God. I think that this is all going to come together. So thank God for Trump. Thank God for for this country. And uh, we pray for the continued success of this country, folks, here on our show. I mean, we're very thankful for what we have. Thank you all for tuning in this week. See you on Tuesday for WFYL's election coverage. We're going to have live election coverage all day. So tune in throughout the day and, and get your fill of expert predictions as well as expert commentary only on this show as only we can produce. So thank you all for being with us today. See you Tuesday for our live uh, ec- our live election coverage. And then the following Saturday, we'll see you next week at 7 a.m. for our show, The Point, again next week. So thanks all for tuning in. See you later. And um, I'll be on the show. I'll be on Tuesday. I'm not sure when I'll be there, but tune in, and of course, uh, you'll hear me at some point. (laughs) So anyway, thanks all for tuning in. See you next week. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.